Welcome to the Roadman Cycling Podcast. My name is Anthony Walsh. Six days a week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey towards health, happiness, and longevity. Now let's get into the show. Well, hello, all you beautiful cyclists. It's Sarah, and today I want to be a little bit vulnerable with you and tell you about a change, a big change I've made in the last couple of years. Now, it was about two years ago that the penny finally dropped on this particular way of looking at the world. I, I'd always lived my life in a kind of state of fear, mostly because I was afraid to fail. And, you know, my family would joke that I was the ultimate procrastinator. You know, they take the mick out of me about it. And I'm sure sometimes they found it endearing, but to be honest, it, it was not funny. And I would leave everything to the last minute, post letters, paying bills, submitting projects, meeting sales deadlines, and it caused me a lot of stress. And yeah, I would act like I didn't care. You know, I'd be very blasé about it. And I would kind of tell everyone that I work best under pressure anyway. But to be honest, inside I was wilting. I had a lot of inner anxiety, but I had an amazing game face. My poker face <laughs> was strong. No one really knew what was going on. And if I ever got called out on, you know, missing deadlines or missing training sessions or, you know, any part of my life, I would, I'd react, I'd get defensive, I'd sulk. And at the root of my behavior was this fear of failure. It's, uh, you know, and a fear of asking for help if I didn't know something or if I felt overwhelmed because I didn't want to look stupid or weak. And I had this persona of this corporate successful woman. I had the flash car, I was ballsy. I could take anything on. I didn't need anyone's help. And I never wanted anyone to see all these chinks in my armor. And there were plenty of chinks. They surfaced in all aspects of my life, in my career, my health, my diet, my fitness goals, and unfortunately, of course, my relationships. So my procrastination was a coping mechanism for dealing with stress and anxiety associated with this fear of failure that I had. And it's so counterproductive. But by delaying a task, I would feel like I was avoiding the potential for failure. And in that moment, I'd reduce my stress levels. But of course, it was just a short term solution. And ultimately, it would lead to more stress and anxiety in the long term because the task that I was dreading stayed incomplete and the deadline just loomed closer and closer and the pressure just got more intense. It also affected my motivation and I was almost crippled by the fear that a goal or a project or whatever it was that I wouldn't be able to do it. So my energy and my drive to even start it were zero and in my head I deemed the goal so difficult and just lose all my confidence in my abilities and I was unmotivated to even try new things because I always felt like my potential to fail completely outweighed my potential for success and it frightened the life out of me and it stifled me. It stopped my personal growth, it stopped my professional growth and I absolutely missed out on experiences and opportunities because I was living in this fear. Now I'm not sure if the next symptom of fear of failure really applies to me. I mean, I guess it does. If I have to take on a new role or a task, I like to be ultra prepared. You know, if I have to make a presentation or even preparing for podcasts, I will agonize over every detail. So fear of failure can lead to 
a kind of perfectionism because we strive for perfection in order to avoid this possibility of failure. And this, of course, is a double edged sword because it leads to high quality work, but then also leads to procrastination, lack of motivation, and then the task will never be considered perfect enough to be completed. So it's ditched. Now, I know that this isn't a new concept, embracing a learning from failure. And if you're into sports psychology or you work in the corporate world in particular, you're probably sick to your eye teeth of hearing about using failure constructively. But has the penny really dropped for you on it? And can you honestly say that you look at failure as a positive thing? Failure and learning from failure, they're just such crucial aspects of all parts of our life, um, in particular sport, of course. So if we approach failure in a constructive manner and start using it as a learning opportunity, we can improve performance and then ultimately reach our full potential. Failure allows for growth and development in your sport, as an athlete, in your career, in relationships. It's through experiencing failure and then working to overcome it that we develop the mental and physical toughness that we need to succeed in sport and in life. And failure provides valuable insights into your strengths and weaknesses so you can then make adjustments and improve your performance and again, your outcomes. We know that failure also allows for experimentation and innovation and teams and organizations have to embrace failure. Because it fosters a culture of learning and growth within that team or organization or individuals, and it promotes open communication and sharing of ideas. And then that leads again to improved performance and greater success as individuals or in a team. So we need to stop looking at failure as a negative thing, but as a natural part of the process of improvement. So how do we do this? You can analyze your data you can review footage of you know your sport your day your game you can seek out advice of a coach or a mentor experts now this point brings me on to reflection and this is another area i was failing in badly reflection if i did get called out on my behavior as i said i'd get irritable i'd become defensive and whine you know it wasn't my fault and i'd come up with every excuse under the book I'd never take a minute and analyze what I did wrong, what I could have done better. Should I have reached out for help? What could I have done differently? Because I was afraid to admit to myself and others that I was afraid. So reflecting on our failures, it's really hard because it can be painful. It forces us to confront our own shortcomings and our mistakes. It's a difficult emotional experience that can be, you know, it can be hard to acknowledge that we weren't able to achieve our goals or that we made a mistake or to confront the fact that we may have hurt or disappointed others or let down somebody or let our team down. It can, yeah, it's just painful. It can make us feel very vulnerable. And, you know, we're, we can be, as humans, we're afraid of being judged or criticized for our failures and for, and we're afraid of admitting our own weaknesses. And this vulnerability is so uncomfortable. It can make it difficult to want to sit down and reflect on your shortcomings. Failing and looking at your failures brings up feelings of regret. When we reflect on failure, we sometimes realize we could have made different decisions or taken different actions that could have led to different outcomes. And it's hard. It's hard to accept that. And, it, you know, it can lead to feelings of regret, frustration. It can make us feel like we're not good enough. 
it can make us question our abilities. It can go further. It can make us question our intelligence and it can make us question our self-worth. It can make us feel like we're not capable of achieving our goals and that we're not good enough to be successful. And as humans, we back away from these feelings and emotions and kind of shut them down. It's self-preservation in a way, but it's it's not the healthy way to do. We need to face up to these shortcomings. So what's actually going on in our brain when we fail and why does it have such a massive impact on our self-worth and our self-esteem? And why does this fear just constantly creep around in our subconscious? When we experience failure, it activates the release of stress hormones. And if you listen to my podcast regularly, I'm always talking about our number one enemy, cortisol. (laughs) So that's what happens when we experience failure. Cortisol and adrenaline are released. And this changes the levels of neurotransmitters in our brains. Those neurotransmitters that, again, I always talk about, like dopamine. The prefrontal cortex and your hippocampus and other areas of the brain are involved in processing failure and they kind of encode the experience and link it to emotions and determine a plan of action for moving forward. So our perception of failure and the way we interpret it plays a key role in how our brain chemistry responds to it. Now, listen to that last sentence again. Our perception of failure and the way we interpret it plays a key role in how our brain chemistry responds to it. So if we change our attitude to failure, we can actually change our response to it. So in the last few years, I've been trying and yes, I have failed a lot in adopting this mindset and a growth mindset is how I deal with looking at failure now. And this is kind of understanding that failure is not a setback, it's an opportunity. And it's kind of in contrast to a fixed mindset, which you would, you know, where like before I would view failure as a reflection of my inherent abilities or my lack of intelligence. And this practice has worked for me. So next time you fail, ask yourself these two simple questions. What were my actions or behaviors that led to this failure? And how can I change or improve these behaviors and actions to prevent future failures? And two, what could I have done differently? Two pretty simple questions. And you'll notice that they are I, they're me, they're myself. What could I have done differently? Not blaming somebody else or something else for your failure. One last thing on this, and it's important. It's vital to practice self-compassion when you're experiencing failure. So treat yourself with kindness, understanding, forgive yourself when you're facing failure. Instead of being harsh, instead of being critical, give yourself that self-compassion that allows us to understand our shortcomings, that we're going to make mistakes, we're not perfect, we're going to have regrets and respond to them with kind of a care, concern and a sense of humanity towards yourself. A quote that I absolutely love from Napoleon Hill is, every adversity, every failure, every heartache carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. So my gorgeous cyclists, be brave, look deeply into your failings, take responsibility for your actions and grow because this has been truly transformative in my life. Until next week, all you gorgeous, gorgeous cyclists. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have you ever wondered how good you could actually be? Each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work and family and social obligations, but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling. 
Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals. Go to roadmancycling.com forward slash contact or pop me an email directly to sarah at roadmancycling.com.